So hallelujah. Alrighty, who's looking forward to getting into the word this morning? Amen. Woo, who brought their Bibles? Yeah, that's okay. The phone is okay. <laughs> Still the word. Amen. Well, who was here last week? It's sort of a bit of a continue on from last week. You know, last week we spoke uh, a lot about fear. Uh, one of the key scriptures from last week was 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. Who knows that scripture? For God did not give us spirit of fear. Peace and sound mind. That's it. Spirit of power and love and of a sound mind. So, you know, whenever we're kind of feeling fear, it's not our identity. In Christ, we're bold. You know, Greg this morning just read out um, uh, Proverbs 28.1. It says, The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as lions. Amen. So that's who we are in Christ. You know, if we're in fear, it really robs us from what the Lord has for us. You know, we read last week that the Israelites, uh, they feared the people of the land. You know, the giants, whereas grasshoppers in their sight, we can't go. And, and it really stopped them from what the Lord uh, had for them. And it's the same with us. If we're going to get into fear over things, it really prevents us um, from what the Lord has for us. But in Christ, we have the victory. You know, I think Rach read Psalm 23. It says, even in the presence of our enemies, he prepares a table, you know? And it's like there can be chaos going on all around us. And the Lord's saying, come and take a seat. <laughs> I've won the victory for you. Amen. And that's why I've put this uh, scripture up, Ephesians 2.6, just to remind us where we are seated. Can we just all read this out together? It says, And he raised us up together with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places because we are in Christ Jesus. So we're far above any principality, any power, and I love that it says we're seated there as well. We're not up there like trying to make things happen. Come and take a seat in your authority. <laughs> you know, it's funny this week, Greg and I put the church shade sail up. It was actually Greg, but I was kind of like the offsider. And there was one stage <laughs> where I had to like get up a ladder. And I was like, I don't do ladders. I, I'm so not made for ladders. <laughs> I had actually, I'd gone and got a molly, a molly bean coffee after I dropped the kids off and I thought, I'll just swing by and see how he's going. It was like a key time. He was up on the roof trying to hold this shade, stretch this shade sail back and clip this little thing in. And he's like, oh, thank you for coming. And so can you just climb up this ladder? And I've got my coffee and I'm like... <laughs> anyway, it would have been funny to see on the cameras, but we got the shade sail up. Hallelujah. We're seated in heavenly places. Amen. We're not to come down from there in our minds. Amen. Okay, well, this morning we're going to be looking uh, a little bit uh, about faith and what faith is and also what faith is not. And actually the Bible talks about faith uh, being a rest. Faith is a rest. How good does that sound? The rest of God. You know, the opposite to rest would be like tiredness or exhaustion. Often when we think of faith, we think that, oh, I've got to, you know, work something up and I'm going to be in faith. And it's just really not what faith is. You know, faith is of the heart. And uh, I love what Hebrews 11.6 says. I don't have a slide for this one, but Hebrews 11.6 
says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And he who comes to him must believe that he is, that he is God, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's the God that we serve. He's a rewarder. He's not a punisher. He's not a condemner. He's not one that takes. He's a rewarder. Hallelujah. And sometimes I think when we read that verse, we can think, all right, so I need to please God, you know, and we can think, oh, he's, you know, maybe he's got a really high standard, but it's like, the, what did um, uh, Jesus get when he just got baptised? This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So it's like the Lord is pleased with us. However, we have this opportunity on earth to believe him for things. If you think about it, when we go to heaven, everything's perfect. There's no trial, there's no tribulation, there's no suffering. You don't have to believe God for anything when you're in heaven, right? So it's like when you see something come your way that's opposing you, instead of thinking about overtaking, you think, oh, Lord, I get to trust you through this. You know, I think about my kids, if I say to them, all right, guys, tomorrow we're going to go to Brack. Let's, we'll go for a swim and we plan this exciting day. And if, if the day before they keep coming, are, are you sure we're going to do that? Are you sh- Mum, are you sure? It's just, ah, oh, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, faith is of the heart. And he loves it when we trust him. Hallelujah. All right, first point. Did God really say? Who knows where that, that uh, quote comes from? Anyone know what scripture that comes from before we turn there? Did God really say? Yeah, Garden of Eden. Can everyone turn to Genesis chapter 3, please? Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. And we'll start at verse 1. And it says... The serpent was the shrewdest, some versions say cunning, of all the wild animals that the Lord God made. Isn't it interesting that it doesn't say he was the most powerful? It said he was the shrewdest. It gives you a little insight into how the enemy works, right? Deception, cunning, shrewd. He's not the most powerful. And then it goes on to say, one day he asked the woman, did God really say that you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. So of course we know she goes on to eat it, gives it to Adam the fall of man happens. Amen. But I just want to stop on that verse. Did God really say? And so it's like the plans of the enemy are exposed right there. He's been doing that from the beginning. He'll try and get you to question the word of God. Did God really say? It's like yawn, Boring, plans exposed, we know what you're doing. Yes, God did really say. And so my point in bringing this up is we as believers have got to be anchored in the Word of God. You know, um, I was watching a, a little video of like rock climbers, like where they climb the, the cliff faces and there's little 
anchor points and they put their clips in and then they, they're up on that one and then they put their clip in the next anchor point and that's what we have to be like when we go through trials and tribulations. You know, if I asked everyone, okay, show of hands, who's going through something right now? 100% would all put our hands up, right? Because we live in a fallen world. It's just, it's just how it is. And so during what we're going through, we've got to be anchored in the Word of God. What does the Word of God say about what you're going through? You know, we're a church that believes in the Word and the Spirit working together. And uh, sometimes people can get a little bit put off by the things of the Spirit. But we believe that... um, the word, uh, this is a really good quote actually, so excuse me, um, from Bible college and it says, if you only have the spirit, you'll puff up. If you only have the word, you'll dry up. But if you have the word and the spirit, you'll grow up. So it's grabbing hold of what God's saying now, the written word to become the spoken word. And last week we looked at a little bit about uh, spiritual warfare and what that looks like in the new covenant. And I felt like a few of you were kind of looking at me like, (laughs) spiritual warfare? What's that about? That's some crazy thing that we do at midnight and we get dressed up and I just (laughs) kind of felt that uh, some of you uh, hadn't heard a teaching like that. But uh, Jen, you actually brought the scripture up and it's it's in 2 Corinthians 10, 4 to 5, if you'd like to turn there. Spiritual warfare and the new covenant is this. And it says... Won't race ahead. Who's got, who's got the scripture? 2 Corinthians 10, 4-5. Let's just all read it together. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity into the obedience of Christ. And so just like what I was saying, being anchored in the Word of God during your problems, we have to live like this. Jesus showed us how to do it in Matthew chapter 4. You know, every time the enemy came against him, what did he do? He just said, it is written. That right there is how we overcome. It is written. And so I've just put a... put this up and uh, there's quite a bit on it, but we're just going to get real practical today. Is that okay? I really want you guys to have some application to what, to what we're teaching here. It's not just, oh, that was nice information. It's let's get really practical. Okay, so you can see uh, on the left side, these are just carnal thoughts. They're thoughts of doubt. They're thoughts that a lot of the time don't line up with the Word of God. You know, last week we bought the scripture that says to be uh, carnally minded is death. What's the next part? But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The Bible says he keeps him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. So let's just have a look at some of these. You know, these are some of the thoughts of doubt that we get. Maybe we won't see the victory this time. Who's ever gone through that? You know, you're going through something and you think, Maybe this isn't, it's just, we're just not going to get the victory. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us to triumph in Christ. Let's go to the next one. What a, who, who's had these thoughts? You know, I'll always be like this. It'll never change. This runs in my family. 
2 Corinthians 3.18 says, But we are all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, being transformed into the same image from glory to glory as by the Spirit of the Lord. So in Christ, it's like that's a constant thing. You're not always going to be whatever you're struggling with. The Bible says that we go from strength to strength, from glory to glory. So if you're having these thoughts of, oh, maybe it'll never change, it'll always be like this, pull that down. No, Father, I thank you that your word says, I go from strength to strength, from glory to glory. That is spiritual warfare. What about the next one? The Lord won't do anything significant through me. Who's had that? I can say I've had that. (laughs) And can you see a bit of a pattern here? It's did God really say? Did God really say? John 14, 12. Can we all just read this out loud together? Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do, and greater works than these will he do because I go to my Father. So, you know, see how easy it is to start believing these lies about ourselves that just aren't biblical. We've got to make a practice of doing this. What about this one? Maybe healing isn't for me. 1 Peter 2.24, he himself bore our sins on his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. You're not waiting to get healed. It was already done on the cross. Amen. Pull that thought down of, oh, I'll never be healed. I'll always deal with this. That's not biblical. It's not what the word says. Next one. What about this one? This is something that, you know, a lot of us struggle with. I just can't forgive. You know, you don't know what... Oh, it's cut off. Well, I'll just have to read this one. So this one says, um, I just can't forgive. I find it really hard to walk in love with other people. You know, you, you don't know what they did to me. We've all had those thoughts. But actually, Romans 5.5 says, God's love has been abundantly poured out within our hearts by the Holy Spirit. You don't have to love others out of your love. You've got God's love in your heart. Amen. And so this is what it is. It's, okay, thoughts of doubt. No, I'm not going to believe that. Father, I thank you that I can walk in love towards others because it is written. Are you guys kind of getting the... Who's heard sort of, who, do, who does this on, you know, try, tries and does this? Is there anyone, can I get a show of hands who does this? Lives by, by the word of God, yep, amen. So, so this kind of lifestyle, uh, the more we do this, the more victory we'll have. It's as simple as that. And, you know, as far as our breakthrough is concerned, the battle isn't against good and evil because Jesus has already overwhelmingly won the victory, right? It wasn't a partial victory. The battle is actually getting us to place our trust in the finished work of Christ. Amen? That's where the battle is, placing our trust in the finished work of Christ. I am... At the moment, I'm helping a a younger person in my extended family. Uh, You know, she's uh, in high school and she's just sort of going through this this thing where it's like she feels like every um, circumstance is a little bit difficult, whether it's at school or uncomfortable or she's just been backing away from it. She'll call call mum and, can you pick me up? I, I, I just can't. 
And it's kind of become a pattern. And she started to really withdraw. And you can just see that it's the enemy trying to take ground. And, you know, she started to believe things about herself uh, that just, again, aren't biblical. You know, I just get really overwhelmed. I'm just really sensitive. And, that, and that's fine. Some of us are more sensitive. I, I, just, I just can't. So I've been working with her. I'm like, hey, let's get back on the Word with what the Word of God says about you. Let's go to Romans 8.37. The Bible says that you are more than a conqueror. And so it's just like that. Don't, don't, we don't want to believe things about ourselves that, that aren't true, right? Amen? More than conquerors. All right, let's go to the next one. You guys good? Point two. Oh, I love this one. Point number two is he who has believed has entered his rest. He who has believed has entered his rest. Always forget where to point it. Oh, hang on. Gone one too far. There we go. Hebrews 4.3. So it says, We who have believed do enter that rest. As he has said, I swore in my wrath that they shall not enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. So, you know, that second part there is talking about the Israelites who were in unbelief. They didn't get to enter the rest of God. That generation didn't go in. But the first part is talking about what we can grab hold of. He who has believed has entered God's rest. Can we just say that? He who has believed has entered God's rest. And you know the root word there for rest is to still, to restrain, to cease, to cause one striving to do something, to desist. <laughs> and so often we'll think, oh, I haven't done enough, you know, to see the breakthrough or to get the victory. Who's thought that before? Works, out of grace, out of the gospel. You know that you're off the gospel, that you're off the provision of the grace of God if you're worn out, if you're discouraged, if you've stopped believing God in certain areas, uh, if you've stopped believing God for new things. And I'm sorry if this word is a bit challenging for some of us, but I just really feel the Lord pulling us up to another level. Amen? You know, if you have a need today, you don't need to try harder. We gave that a go. That was called the old covenant and we failed, right? You need more Jesus. That's why Jesus said, if you're tired, if you're worn out, come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. Hallelujah. That is one of the best lines in the Bible. Let's go to the next one. For the law was given through Moses... Just say this next part with me. But grace and truth came through Jesus. <sighs> Amazing grace. You know, um, uh, most of us know Pastor Rosemary and, and she's down in Perth. She's going to come back up in a few months, so that'll be really exciting. But uh, Pastor Rosemary is just one of those people that when you get around her, she's just super generous, like... Um, when we used to go to her house, <laughs> you never leave empty-handed, right? Who knows what I'm talking about? She's always just giving you things. Like, we'd go there and she'll, 
oh, here, girls, do you like this little mini chair? We'll leave with a chair. <laughs> we came for coffee, you know. Oh, here, have, look, I've cooked this. There's heaps of extras. Take this food, chair, food. Oh, look at this cute little magazine rack. Honestly, guys, like, she's just the most generous person. You get around her, you leave with more than what you came with. <laughs> And I bring up that story because it's an, it's an illustration there of what Jesus is like. When we get around Jesus, you receive grace. Amen. That's why we do communion. We eat his flesh and drink his blood to partake in his victory and say, Lord Jesus, I need you. You know, his grace is his ability, his love at work, him through us doing what we can't do. This is my position so regularly. Honestly, it's just on my knees receiving from him. Not working. You know, if we have, say, a big week or if you just really need a breakthrough in an area or if if it's just you're facing something, it's like what you need to do is receive from him. Amen. Religion says get over into works and work really hard and you might make it, but you probably won't because that was the old covenant and we didn't. (laughs) Worn out, tired, not getting anywhere. I love Romans 5.17. It says, For if by one man's offence death reigned through the one, much more those who receive an abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one. An abundance of grace is what he wants to give us. Hallelujah. Next scripture, Galatians 3. I've got a slide for this one. And so I've put the the picture of the guy juggling because sometimes this is what we can get like. I just really need to try and do a lot and be really good and and I'll try and juggle it all and and maybe I'll be good enough. (laughs) It's just not going to work. And that's exactly what Galatians 3 verse 2 to 5 says. This I only want to learn from you. And this is Paul talking to the church at Galatia. Did you receive the Spirit by works of law or by hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now been made perfect in the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by works of the law or by hearing of faith? And so the law is pretty much anything that we can try and do without receiving his help and his provision and his grace. Get off that. Come over to the gospel. And he will show you things to do. It's not sitting back and just kicking back in a hammock and thinking whatever you want to think and watching whatever you want to watch. No, there is discipline involved, but it's allowing him to be strong in you. Amen? The Bible doesn't say he's strong in our strength. It says he's strong in our weakness. That's a recipe for breakthrough. I heard an awesome testimony of a... Um, a ministry, like a worldwide ministry, they were setting up an office over in Australia and uh, the head guy, the CEO of the, the ministry, you know, they set up a big event and lots of people there and they were pretty much like the cutting of the ribbon, you know, new, new thing beginning in Australia and the guy that was meant to take it over, he was going to step up and be the head guy in Australia, he looks at the CEO and goes, 
I can't do this. And this is when they're at the event, like 15 minutes before it was going to start. And he looks at him and he goes, I can't do this. And the CEO goes, perfect. That's exactly where God wants you. Dependent on him. Amen? Perfect. (laughs) Dependent on him. Can you see how faith is a rest? Hallelujah. He who has believed has entered his rest. Just thank you, Lord God, for rest over your people right now in Jesus' name. Father, those that have been striving, Lord, those that have been worn out. Father God, I just thank you for your peace right now, Lord God. The rest that only you can bring, Lord Jesus. We just thank you, Father God. Your word says the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus. Just receive this morning. Receive that rest of God. Hallelujah. One more point. Are you guys good for one more point? So uh, the third point that I have this morning is about being steadfast. And uh, it's in Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. And it says, While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer, winter, day and night shall not cease. So this is a a spiritual principle that applies to every single one of us. You know, some systems you can kind of cheat a bit, say the education system, you can maybe cheat on a test or or whatever. This is something that, that remains. Every single one of us has the chance to plant seeds in our lives, amen, and we'll eat the fruit thereof, whether good or bad. And the Bible says uh, in Jeremiah, did I have this scripture down? I think it's Jeremiah, yeah, one twelve. The Lord said, you have seen well for I am alert and active, watching over my word to perform it. And so sometimes we read that scripture and we think that it says, while the earth remains, seed time. And it's just seed time. And we kind of go, oh, I don't know. Will there be a harvest? I'm not sure. I don't know. (laughs) It's just not what the word says. The Bible says seed time and harvest. But all of us have experienced that period of time between seed time, the seed is the word of God, you know, pulling down the stronghold, speaking out the victory. God, what are you saying over my situation? I'm going to speak that, that seed time. And it while we wait for the harvest. And I just really felt the Lord impress this on me, that for us to see the victory, we've got to remain consistent, diligent, steadfast, enduring to see the victory. So many of us, you know, we, we have seed time, but then we step away. You know, I've seen people that I've been close with in the past, and it's like they've stepped into an amazing ministry and they've started out well, but they, they didn't remain. They didn't stay steadfast. They didn't stay anchored in the Word of God during times of trouble. You know, the second heart in the parable of the sower says, likewise, these are the ones who are sown on stony ground. They hear the Word and immediately receive it with gladness. Yep, so an amazing promise, I'll grab hold of it. 
and they have no root in themselves, so they only endure for a time. Afterwards, when tribulation and persecution arises for the word's sake, they immediately stumble. So it's like, you know, when it comes to us receiving the grace of God, ask the Lord for the grace to endure trial and hardship. Again, it's with the point of view that seed time always brings harvest. Don't just be thinking it's seed time 24-7. We do put seed out, but then we will see the harvest. Amen? I guess what I'm really trying to say with this point is don't give up. Amen? Don't give up, church. Keep going. Endure. Hallelujah. And so I just believe that the Lord is looking for those who continue to believe him even in the time of drought. It's just that it might still be seed time. Amen? And I'll just finish with this scripture as the team uh, can come up, please. And this was, you know, at the start of every year, I, I seek the word for uh, the Lord for a word. I'm like, God, what are you saying this year? Give me something, you know, what's your word for this year for me and my family and, and the church? And this was what I got. It's Romans 12 too. And if you'd just like to stand as well, just as I read this out, Romans 12 too. It says, rejoice and exult in hope. Be steadfast and patient in tribulation and be constant in prayer. Amen. Seed time and harvest is, is what we will receive by the word of the Lord. Amen. So we just thank you, Father God. Just open up your hearts to him right now. Father, we just thank you, Lord God, that, your faith, that faith is a rest, Lord God. And Father, we are the ones that continue, Lord God, that we don't back down, Father, when things get hard, Lord God. But we be like Caleb who says, give me the mountains with the giants on them because God is with us. We just thank you, Father God, that we are more than conquerors, Lord God, that we believe what your word says about us, Father God. And Lord, even where we've doubted and we've got off your word, Lord, and we have believed far short of the finished work of the cross. Father, we just give those areas over to you this morning, Lord God. And we just choose to believe, Father. And we just thank you, Lord God, for a grace for every situation, Lord God, that your people are strong in faith. Such a grace this morning that's being released. We thank you, Lord God. Oh,